When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. July 27th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians didn't wait till the deadline. Uh, day before, they went ahead and pulled the trigger on a kind of a surprising trade, not who they traded, but who they traded with. The Indians deal Cesar Hernandez to the Chicago White Sox in exchange for uh, Connor Pilkington, a left-handed uh, or a starting pitcher from AA in Birmingham. Uh, surprised by the move, not really shocked by who got traded, but but who, more more like who they traded with. Yeah, definitely, Joe. They this isn't the, the White Sox and the Indians aren't really. Uh, it's not like they're the Padres and the Indians where they they make a trade every five minutes. I think this is the first, maybe first trade that they or like the first trade they've made since you know 2018 when they traded Yonder Alonso to the White Sox. But it's only the fourth trade between the two teams in about almost 30 years. So, you know, it, it just doesn't happen. And especially now that they're uh, division rivals. For the people out there who are sitting there saying, why are you trading Yonder Alonso? Uh, we, we've been over some of the reasons why, or, I'm sorry, Yonder Alonso. Why are you trading Cesar Hernandez? Uh, we've been over some of the reasons on, on recent podcasts, but just to sort of refresh people's uh, memories as to, to why this trade didn't necessarily have to happen, but we understand why it happened. Yeah, I think he was, you know, uh, an easy guy to trade. He was on a one-year deal, had a club option. You know, he was an attractive player. They're trying to, uh, you know, build depth, starting pitching depth in the organization. Uh, and uh, Pilking, Pilkington certainly, you know, gives him that. He, this is a guy that made 14, has made 14 starts at double a, you know, has, you know, great, um, you know, 71 strikeouts, 21 walks, 36 uh, hits in just over like uh, 62, 67 innings. So that's not bad numbers. Right. His uh, whip is, he's got a sub one whip. That's, that's always yeah. a good look for them. And, and um, you know, um, 23 years old, 6'2", 230, a lefty, um, and he'll go to Akron. So, you know, it's, it's a guy, I think, uh, you know, for the future, you know, you're not, I don't think how much you don't, I don't think you were going to get a whole lot for, for Hernandez anyways, even though he was pretty valuable to the Indians as their leadoff hitter and, you know, one of their top power hitters. 
Right. Uh, as far as, you know, just up front, what Chris Antonetti said about Cesar Hernandez and over just the last two years and what he contributed to the organization, he really did add to the culture. He gave them that veteran presence. He played the game the right way. He really was the kind of player that, that Terry Francona just really looks for. And he, he was, he was a, a, one, of, one of Tito's guys, right? Yeah, I think he was, uh, you know, you know, Tito always gets asked about leaders, you know, on the team. And he always points, to, he always says that it's not necessarily the guy that's always screaming on the, at the top step of the dugout that's, that's the leader. It's the guy that, that when he says something in the clubhouse, when things aren't going well, that people really listen to him. And I think Hernandez was one of those kind of guys. You know, you were, you were around him, Joe. Not a big, not a real vocal guy. Uh, soft-spoken, but, you know, he's, he's been around. He's, you know, seven, eight, nine years in the big leagues. He knows, you know, he knows what he's doing, and he knows what's good and what's bad, what, what, what is good baseball and bad baseball. And you're right, yeah. If you were in the clubhouse and Cesar Hernandez was in the clubhouse and uh, you didn't walk right past him, you probably wouldn't know he was there. He's not one of the brash, loud guys. Uh, he's not one of the, the, the more, you know, sort of outward, uh, facing type players, but you know, he does everything the right way. Uh, you know, led the American league in doubles last season, won his first career gold glove this year. He was at 18 home runs. That's, that's more home runs than he's hit ever in his career in one season, five leadoff home runs and that leadoff spot for the Indians. He, he really did sort of, uh, solidify that spot. He did a really good job. Uh, even last year when Francisco Lindor was sort of you know, struggling at, at, at the number three spot, you know, Her Hernandez did the job well. They, they moved him because Frankie just wasn't comfortable there. Yeah. You know, and this is a guy that really, I think he started out. He wanted, he didn't want to hit lead off, right. I don't at the start of the season and uh, you know, they finally convinced him to go in the lead off spot. He had a career seat. You know, I mean, he had set a career high, like you said, in home runs and now he's playing for a first place team that is all but guaranteed a postseason spot. And, you know, that's something he hadn't done until he got to Cleveland last year with the, what, six, seven years in Philly. You know, he did not, he did not make the postseason, I believe. Right. And, and let's be frank, the, the reason the, the White Sox were willing to deal with Cleveland, uh, Nick Madrigal tore his hamstring and he was out, you know, for the remainder of the season. He's not coming back. So they needed somebody uh, in, in that spot. Uh, especially if they're going to compete they're, They want to lengthen their lineup. And Hernandez certainly does that. Uh, I think he fits really well with the, uh, the white Sox and, and can, can hit in a multiple hit in multiple spots in their batting order uh, and, and play, you know, solid defense for them in that way. Uh, it, it also sort of sets off a, a chain reaction for the Indians. Like, uh, like you've said, uh, Owen Miller gets the first crack now at, uh, at replacing Hernandez. Uh, you know, we sort of knew that, that Hernandez wasn't the future for the Indians at second base, but it was reassuring to know that he at least had the club option that if they wanted to bring him back for next year, they could. Now that op that, that spot is, is wide open. And uh, you know, at least for the remainder of this year, o Owen Miller's going to get a shot. Yu Chang, Ernie Clement are going to get in there, but uh, really that's a spot going into next spring training where there's going to be a wide open competition. Yeah. I think you're starting to see uh, Joe, you know, the emphasis, uh, that the Indians have shown over the, the last several years on, you know, drafting and signing uh, uh, middle infielders, you know, in the international draft and in the, uh, 
uh, you know, the MLB amateur draft. Uh, you're you're going to see some of those guys start to come through the system now. Uh, you know, like you said, uh, Owen Miller was, you know, they got him from San Diego. And, uh, but, uh, you know, Ernie, Ernie Clement is a guy. Yu Chang is a guy. Um, you know, and I think uh, just from listening to um, Antonetti, it sounded like Andres Jimenez would have been the first choice. But uh, I think as you tweeted out, Joe, well, tell us what you tweeted there. Yeah, uh, Antonetti said that one of the reasons why they, they went away from Jimenez at, at first opportunity there was because he's in the process of applying for his permanent U.S. residency. And uh, because he's in that application process, he can't leave the country. It has nothing to do with not being allowed into Canada. That's not really the, the, the rule right now, but uh, because they have an exemption for MLB players going to Toronto, but uh, Jimenez himself can't leave the U.S. as part of that process. So they sort of went in a different direction. Jimenez, you know, did, has done nothing to, to sort of, uh, he, he's done everything to distinguish himself since he's been out in AAA. Uh, he's hit for power. He's hit for average. And, uh, he's battled through a foot injury. Uh, I think he's going to get a look at some point. He's going to get a call up. But right now, Owen Miller is the guy who's going to get the first crack at it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, both those guys have bounced around the infield. Uh, you know, Jimenez, you know, obviously the opening day shortstop for the Indians, but he's played second and third at Columbus, so he's ready. Uh, you know, the thing, Owen Miller, I don't know about you, Joe, but I just, I just haven't seen that guy – that I saw in spring training that was hitting everything in sight. And that started, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the start of the season at Columbus. So hot, you know, he's been up and down a couple of times with the Indians and he just doesn't look like the same kind of hitter. So, you know, maybe he, he can relax now. You know, he knows he's going to play for a little bit. He knows it's not going to be, you know, a one and done or a two and done. And, uh, maybe he can, you know, be the player the Indians think he is because, you know, they're certainly giving him an opportunity. Right. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting that Antonetti alluded to, uh, not only does that chain reaction affect uh, guys like Miller and Chang and Clement, but further down the Indians uh, player development system. Now uh, guys like Richie Palacios, who's going to get a promotion to, um, to triple a from double a, and uh, he's a, uh, he was, I believe he was a 2018 draft pick and uh, has played mostly infield, but he's also showing his versatility playing a little outfield. He'll play outfield and infield at AAA. Uh, and up from high A, uh, moving up to double A, uh, Brian Rocchio, a very highly regarded prospect, uh, infield prospect uh, that was part of the international signing uh, um, class in 2018. And Rocchio, we've seen uh, flashes of him in spring training. He's hit, uh, he's hit home runs in exhibition games for the Indians. Uh, Rocchio moving up from Lake County, he will now be in Akron. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, so it's good to see these guys move. You know, it's good to see them, you know, progress because you, 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 there was a, you know, you, you wondered what all this stockpiling was about. And now we're seeing it. We're starting to see some talent flow through the system. And hopefully, you know, it gets to Cleveland, uh, you know, in, in it doesn't take forever to get there. So, you know, uh, you know, you can jump from double uh, A to the big leagues. You can, you know, from triple A, it's you're a phone call away. So, you know, it's good to see the, those those players, you know, uh, move up. And, you know, Rocio and, and uh, Palacios have, have both, you know, performed well, obviously, or they wouldn't have, 
wouldn't have got the promotions, but they, they both got some power. They've got some versatility and uh, you know, it, it, it's, and I, like, like you said, Joe Palacios playing the outfield is, is, is intriguing. Yeah. The, uh, the thing that stood out to me, what Antonetti said about Palacios uh, really professional at bats at double uh, a controlling the strike zone. Well, he's a professional hitter, a guy that they have, a, that they think has a chance to be a really productive offensive player. Uh, that's, that's high praise for uh, a kid who, you know, he, he had shoulder surgery a couple years back and has, has worked his way back into, uh, you know, full health and is, is hitting the ball real well. Uh, hopefully it will continue in, in AAA for him. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. <laughs> so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Uh, let's, let's not completely sugarcoat this move, Paul. Uh, it, it does sort of signal where the Indians think they are in terms of the rest of this season and, and where they think they can go. And it's, uh, it's not going to be to compete with the team that you just traded your leadoff hitter to. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, several years ago, the White Sox had a trade where I think they were maybe three games out behind the Indians or three or four games out. And they, 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 they traded a bunch of guys and it was called the uh, white flag trade, you know, where they just kind of gave up the ghost and, uh, and, uh, you know, it was, you know, just around the deadline. I don't think that's a, this is a white flag trade, but it's, it's, uh, it's tinged with reality. Like, uh, like Antonetti said, you're eight and a half back. Your two best starters, uh, Beaver and Savali probably won't be back. And if at all, won't be back until late August. Uh, I mean, and we just, that, that's Savali. We still don't know when Beaver's going to come back. Right. Uh, your outfielders, you know, you, you, you've got, you still got, uh, uh, you know, Jordan Luplo and, and Eddie, Eddie uh, Rosario on the DL or on, on the IAL. And you just, you know, your, your rotation is made up of rookies. Your bullpen is kind of, you know, is uh, sucking wind right now. Uh, so I think it was, it's a reality. And I don't think this is the last deal either, Joe. I think they've, they've got, you know, till 4 p.m. Friday 
and I would not be surprised if there's there's a couple more trades here. Boy, boy, you're leading me right where I wanted to go. I, I I wanted to ask, is this is this the end? Who else could we see dealt? And do we ask the question? You know, is Jose Ramirez next? Is that a is that a move that the Indians could make? You know, I I, I still don't think that's going to happen. You know, I'm not. I have no way of knowing. Uh, but I think you know. You know, I still think there's some minor trades like this they could make. You could trade Brian Shaw, as we've talked about. You could trade one of those catchers, Austin Hedges, or, or uh, uh, you know, Roberto Perez. Uh, so, you know, I think, you know, that might be the direction they're going in. But, boy, if they trade uh, Jose Ramirez, that's, you know, then you're, start, then you're really starting over. You know, then you're, right. you're taking it down to the floorboards and uh, you're, you're, you're starting over again. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't think that they're going to trade Jose Ramirez, but that's it's certainly an option out there. And from what we've seen from Antonetti and Chernoff, we know that, you know, everybody's available. Everybody on the roster is available, and it's a possibility uh, if the if the right offer is made, if the, the undeniable offer is made. Hoinsie, they haven't Joe, traded. What, what, yeah. what, what do you think? I mean, we've seen a lot of relievers move, you know, back-end relievers. Would they trade a Karen check? Would they trade a class A? I, I don't see how you can trade either one of those guys. Just just to preserve yourself and 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 you know have a reassurance for the future. If one of them goes down, I mean Class A's already missed a season because of a, a PED suspension. And I'm not saying that he's going to again or anything like that, but if an injury happens, you've got to have one of the two of them to close. I I can't imagine them dealing either of them. They're both under team control for, you know, several more years. They're both right. incredibly affordable for their productivity. Uh, there's no way th- uh, that would be the last move I would think either of them would make would, would be a deal for that. Yeah, I know it's a, a position of uh, sort of depth right now, right there. But yeah, no, you don't, you don't mess with that. You can use those guys in tandem the way you've been using them all season long for the next two to three years with, with high productivity. Yeah, the trade that got that got me thinking about that was was Seattle trading Graveman, Graveman mm-hmm. to Graverman, Houston. Yeah, and, and he's their closer. I mean, I know he's a free agent at the end of the year. You know, so different different situation there. But you know, that's just that that's that's a trade I'm still dealing trying to get right wrap my head around. And uh, but there's such a demand for those late inning guys by contenders. Well, uh, Hoinsey, what did you think of the Yankees getting Joey Gallo? Does that seem like a move that is going to help them. Are they going to, you know, get over the hump and get back into playoff position with Joey Gallo and his, uh, you know, 130 strikeouts a year on, on their yeah, roster? I mean, uh, right-handed hitter. Uh, no, he's a left-handed hitter, right? Left-handed, uh, yeah. left-handed hitter at, at Yankee Stadium. I wonder where he's going to play, Joe. Where, uh, you know, because, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, he's right now he's the best right fielder on their uh, on their roster defensively. Uh, you, you, you've got to move Aaron judge. Yeah. And, and he can play diff, the different positions. So maybe you, you, Gallo plays left or maybe he plays center, but uh, uh, Eric, Aaron judge. I mean, he's, I mean, he's a pretty good outfielder too. So, and then Stanton, I don't know if Stanton is healthy Stanton's, right now. Stanton's never going to play the outfield again. And if he yeah. does, it's too soon. Uh, no, I think you, I think you have to put Joey Gallo in right field. I, <sighs> I think you have to move Aaron Judge. Joey Gallo is the he won a Gold Glove last year. He's your best yeah. defensive right fielder on your roster right now. 
So wow, that would be now that would be, and the Yankees can't be done. They just can't go nope. for Gallo and 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 uh, and think they're going to make up a nine game deficit in the AL East. And, I, I think, but, I think, I think the Yankees get Barrios. I think they go for him for sure. Man, that's a good call, Joe. That's a good call. So uh, we're not done here either. Uh, tomorrow at what? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Four o'clock tomorrow. The trading deadline. Uh, that's when it hits uh, here. Major League Baseball. Uh, lots of lots of speculation and talk. Let's see what moves are made between now and then. Hoinsey, as always, great to talk to you. Uh, we will hook back up again tomorrow after the. Uh, uh, hopefully, after all the wheeling and dealing is done, we'll we'll see if there are any late minute uh, last minute holdouts. But uh, we'll talk again on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. Thank you.